Gentlemen, are you next ready for the next round? Oh God! Oh yeah, it doesn't bother them. That's fine. Oh, we've got cat calls from one section of the congregation. <laughs> he started a Mexican wave with his own. Wave one, try again. So, great pleasure to introduce the first visit to us in Paul. Lovely. No, I hadn't forgotten. I was just waiting for a pause waiting in the conversation the, out there I before you. I got my name in. Yeah. Uh, the wonderful Leonard Tapp is joining us from Norfolk. Norfolk. Norfolk this Norwich. weekend. Norwich. Yes. Home of the Golden Shot. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know Going about our that. age. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bob Monkhouse. Uh, Leonard will talk about the philosophical aspects within spiritualism. And believe you me, you are in for a treat. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon, everyone. It's been fascinating listening to the talks today. Um, I'm already being heckled. That was a good start. Thank you. Um, and it's right that philosophy comes after those other talks because I believe philo philosophy of spiritualism is really the key that unlocks absolutely everything else. I believe that mediumship is uh, the doorway into spiritualism, but we'll need to look at mediumship as we you know, develop our talk this afternoon, because I believe at the moment we're very, very restrictive in how we look at mediumship, and we seem to believe that mediumship is only about giving messages from uh, those that have died or about healing. But believe me, all mediumship is healing. But the philosophy is what gives us that meta-message. Behind absolutely every message that you get that comes from the platform, whoever it's from, whether it's from your grandmother, your father, a friend, whatever it might be, is pointing us to a larger reality. It's pointing us to expanding our minds and opening our hearts to that reality. And we've got to be careful that we don't put information above transformation because sometimes we get so hooked up on these messages we want another communication we want more proof we want more and more and more without actually allowing that transformation to happen that transformation comes from you ascending to the fact that there is a reality being pointed to. Now, we discussed earlier in the day about, you know, whether we believed because we saw. Well, I actually believe that it's the other way around. Once we believe, we open our minds up and then we can start to discern what's going on and what's happening. And that could be true of that wonderful talk that Stephen just gave us about our scientists because what we actually looked at with those scientists were closed minds and closed hearts, wasn't it? They, we were looking at people who had decided a reality before they'd investigated the phenomena. And our philosophy is about discussing what's going on and looking at this reality so we can decide what it means and where we should be going from that reality or to that reality. We tend to talk about there being two worlds, but what we're actually being pointed to is the fact that there's one world. We're being pointed to the fact that we are all connected. 
So often within spiritualism, we talk about this difference between mediumship and psychic, and we denigrate the fact that something psychic as if it's some sort of dirty word. And yet mediumship is a psychic faculty. Mediumship works through the mind. But the thing with it is, and the problem that we encounter, is that I'm not my mind. I have thoughts, but they come through my thought, my mind. They come through my reality, which is something that we begin to understand as we uh, meditate, as we start to contemplate what's going on. And it's exactly the same thing is going on when we look at our feelings. I have feelings, but they're not me. Maybe part of my growing up is a realisation that I might have feelings, they pass through me, but so often my reality is shaped, but not by allowing those feelings to have full reign of my life, but somehow bringing my reason upon them. Every mother knows that, that when a child cries in the middle of the night, if they only got up when they felt like it, the child would go hungry and would continue to cry. There's something that's much bigger than uh, in us, than our feelings and our emotions and even our thoughts. But what we've actually come to, uh, you know, in our society is we actually have what's called an ego warrior that helps us and protects us and actually sometimes we use so often to defend against opening up to this larger reality because we feel that to make ourselves vulnerable we're going to open ourselves up to hurt we're going to open ourselves up to suffering but there are two very big spiritual tools in our life and they work in every religion they work in every reality and they even work in the lives of people who have no knowledge of what it is that we do and those two great spiritual tools are great suffering and great love and in fact our great suffering is united to our great love because we suffer in direct proportion to the amount that we love don't we and that's that other reality that mediumship is waking us up to. The realisation that that love is eternal. It's the love that hasn't died, but everything else has. Our ego tries to protect ourselves, And our ego, I'm not saying the ego is, is a dirty thing. I'm not saying that the ego is wrong and something that we have to banish ourselves of completely because we couldn't put on an event like this if there wasn't some sort of egoic involvement. We wouldn't be able to function in the world. But our lives really, uh, or the first half of our life, is about building that ego. It's about building relationships. It's about building a career. It's about building financial reality. It's about building all of those things that are so important in a life that help us to live our lives well and in a good way. But the second half of our life is really about letting that reality go, that ego go, so that we can open ourselves up to that bigger reality, which is actually where our spiritual lives are really found. But the ego tries to defend against all this. The ego tries to, to tell us that we'll lose ourselves completely if we give ourselves away. But you ask anyone who has nursed somebody who has a terminal illness, the more that they give themselves to that person that has the terminal illness, the more that they actually find themselves, that actually our spiritual reality is opened up through giving ourselves away. And the spirit world are not a world that's off and down a tunnel. It's not something that's separate from us. It's actually something that we're part of. We live in a spirit world now. And mediumship is about showing that we're all connected. We're suffering in our world at the moment with this overemphasis on individuality. This overemphasis on making sure that I'm okay and whatever happens to anybody else is of no consequence to me because the only person that I really need to look after is myself. But spiritually, we know that that's not the case. Spiritually, we know that there is something in us that suffers if anybody else suffers. 
There's something in us that is at pain. If somebody that I love is, a, is in pain, then I'm in pain. And if I'm not in pain when somebody I love is in pain, how much do I really love them? The problem that we've got is not being spiritual, it's being human. It's being able to live in a world where there are different opinions, where there are different perspectives, where there are different values, and being able to flourish alongside them and not feel threatened in any way whatsoever. Islam has this wonderful tenet. They say God has created all sorts of religions to see how we get along together. And the truth of it is that we're not actually getting along very well together at all. And there lies the problem, tribal religion. If I've got the truth, then they haven't got the truth. If I've got God, then they're outside of God because they haven't got the truth. And therefore I can do whatever I like to them. That's the whole reason why we've had genocide in our world, genocide that still goes on and that we see rear its ugly head once more in our time and we're told that it's basically the Ukrainians that are suffering rather than the Russians who are suffering too. They're good and they're bad. That's not the case because wherever people are, there's good and bad. Good and bad reside within me. Good and bad is something that actually I have to recognise in myself. I have to assimilate what's called the shadow side of my personality so that I can actually consciously choose the good. I have to know how I am treating other people so that I can actually realise what causes them harm so that I can treat them in a human way. We know that when we watch it on the telly because we'll see violence and we'll talk about how inhumane it is. But the truth is most of those inhuman acts are caused by our neg negligence. They're caused by our lack of action. They're caused by the fact that sometimes, as Gandhi said, we sit idly by and we let le evil run rife in our world. The spirit world come back again and again and again to inspire us to live. They don't come back again and again to give you the same message. They don't come back again and again to tell you that you have to go out there and create a life where you stand up against injustice because where there's injustice anywhere, there's injustice everywhere. To get you to stand up for the person who's suffering because they are suffering for you. To get you to realise that you are the power that shapes this world, that moulds your reality and that at times you just let run rife in the world and therefore you become a victim of circumstance. Sometimes in our modern world, we're at fault in this as well, you know, within spiritualism. Because one thing that's a bit of a bugbear of, my, of mine at the moment is this whole idea of manifesting. The idea that if I get my mind in the right uh, frame of mind, that I can have absolutely anything that I want. And that the universe is just ever so ready to pour huge wads of cash into my bank balance. Well, it doesn't work like that. As Einstein said, a butterfly cannot flap its wings in California without affecting the weather in Japan. What we're inspired by from the spirit world is to live simply so that others may simply live. To create a community where all people are treated with the dignity and respect that is inherent within the human condition. But because all of us have been so far removed from that reality, we don't know how to do it. We've had no one to model their unconditional concern that Brian was talking about when we were talking about healing. So we need somebody to come back and do that for us, to give us that love, to show us that way, so that we might actually go out into the world and become that creative power that is moving each and every one of us to serve in the world and to stand up and be counted. All, all of us are not asked to stand up here, but all of us are asked to allow that creative power to work in some way in your life, to touch another life and somehow heal it. 
Not by giving everyone the answer to all their problems, not by telling everyone the solution to all their ills, although that's a very male thing to do, a very male energy, because we all want to fix anything, and most men think we've always got the answer, especially academically, and yet all you women know that that's not the case, which is why the world has run into such problems with the patriarchal society that we've all um, grown up in. But we've also grown up in a shame and blame society. We've grown up in a society where we're quite happy to reject others, to marginalise others. And whilst we've seen great strides within that in our country, where we know that we cannot discriminate against people because of their race, because of their sexuality, we talk about not discriminate discriminating against people because of their creed and yet religious discrimination is the, the most rife discrimination that there is in our country. But it's also a call to look within ourselves. What is it that each and every one of us are doing that creates these problems, that creates these situations? Mediumship is the mirror of the mind. A medium is seeing in somebody else what actually is then reflected in their mind. But they cannot see it in their mind if it's not there already. They're seeing a reflection. So if we begin to look for the good in other people, we begin to find the good in ourselves. If we begin to find the good in ourselves, we begin to find the good in others. And we begin to realise that through that connection, we are all on the same journey. And because of that tribal religion and that egoic need to prove that we're right, we do it in all sort of creative and often violent ways. And that's what runs rife in our world. And that egoic warrior creates all of these little stories that give us permission to do so. They're not of my religion. They're not of my country. They're not of my persuasion or whatever it might be but you see mediumship and its message that reality that shows we're all connected that is inspiring us to wake up to this larger life is inspiring us to do it for all peoples to recognize that that spark that's working through others and once you recognize it working through others you'll recognize it working through yourself can you stand up and be counted with all that opposition, with all those problems that are going on in the world? And it seems that once more in our society, we could have gone back 100 years. We could be talking about the events of the 1920s as all of our industries are striking, all of the ugliness of poverty is rearing its head once more. But we as spiritualists know that there is a bigger way and a bigger reality, and that reality is love. We sat and listened to that wonderful talk that Stephen gave us about scientists, and we spoke of all that prejudice that often scientists place in front of their research rather than actually doing the research and finding out the reality that comes from that research. But we're involved in that too in all sorts of ways if we don't realise that true mediumship is working through every single aspect of our lives in every single way possible. Karma does not just work when we're manifesting, it works every second of every day. Your life is keeping pace with your karma and with your thoughts. What you think about is what will manifest in your life. What you concentrate your mind on is what you will experience. One of the rules of the mind is where the mind goes, energy flows. And one of the wonderful things that we are discovering more and more about science at the moment is that quantum physics is saying exactly what spiritualism has been saying for decades. And one of the wonderful things that quantum physics talks about is this fact that we are actually 
blinking in and out of existence something like 28 seconds of, uh, a, well 28 times a second that we're actually involved in a sea of energy that everything is connected to and that we're part of this greater reality that that energy is trying to work through and is trying to change the world in and it changes the world through suffering often by throwing us back on ourselves we've just been through each and every one of us that experience it's called a desert experience and it was brought about through that virus called covid where we all became once more aware of our fragility of the fragile nature of life that we could lose at any second and sometimes spiritualism philosophically needs to change this mantra that there is no death because there is death is part of life but the wonderful reality that quantum physics is telling us through that re-energizing of life 28 times a second is all those opportunities that you have to create your life once more each and every second that happens each and every day where you live your life in miniature you're born in the morning you live your life through the day to die at night to be re reborn once more the next day that you have the opportunity when you wake up to create your life anew and to live your life full of the wonder and the awe of the reality that we are all involved in that's what prejudice tends to drown out that's what prejudice tends to change into something that's ugly and something that's not worth living in which is why we live at a time when the rate of suicide is going through the roof when people are struck by all sorts of mental issues and health issues which are a creation of our modern age where people seen as individuals are able to be discounted because they've got whatever illness it might be sadly because of the whole effect of our society bulimia we're told amongst teenage boys is at epidemic proportions that is a cause of shame and spiritualism changed the world not by preaching to the converted but by seeking the truth wherever it led wherever it pushed them and we've got to do that in our day in our time one thing is for sure that the world of spirit inspires us in new directions each and every day that they seem to be one step ahead of us because maybe by going through that transformation that we call death they're able to see just a little bit further than we can they're able to see just a little bit more than we allow ourselves to see but the truth is you don't become spiritual because your body's rotting in the ground you don't go to heaven just because your body's died you've got to remember that the road to heaven is heaven just like the road to hell is hell and that we have within us the power to choose those realities but so often we aren't able to choose because of that lack of modeling that we have had in our own lives and because we need someone to accompany us and to help us see that we are loved beyond our comprehension not loved because of our faults and our failings one of the traits of the human condition once we realize that there is this bigger reality we try and moralize it we try and barter with it by living good lives by acting as if the better life i live or the more mediumship i display or the more prayer i perform that the more god will be on my side but it really does not work like that all of life is a gift and there isn't a single human being who has not got faults there isn't a single human being who will not fail our task is to love them anyway 
to love all those people in your life that have hurt you, all those people that have caused you suffering. Why? Because you realize that if life, life is a gift, that it will always be a gift by the God that created me and loves me into eternity. And that if you strip all of those things that the ego thinks are so important, that job, that relationship, even when it's causing us harm and suffering, and we know that they're not the right person, but we keep on with it anyway, when we're stripped of absolutely everything, we actually truly find ourselves, because we find that at the very heart of our being is that love that comes from that Creator God who loves us exactly as we are. And that is the reality that mediumship is pointing to, because everybody that you love that has died goes into that world and lives in that world as much as they have experienced heaven now they will experience it then hindu has this wonderful tenant that says the part of us that survives physical death is the part of us that believes it can and there you find the purpose of spiritualism so that you can actually join that mantra of one of my favourite mystics, Julian of Norwich. All will be well. In all manner of things, all will be well. So yes, spiritualism can predict the future. It can predict that you will face your cross. You will face that time of suffering. But in that time of suffering, you will probably find that that power that's God is closer to you and more apparent in your life than you ever realized. One thing that we've found through the hospice movement, even the most antagonistic of people get it right at the end. They realize that they have to love and live. We've got the joy of being given that message long before we face our cross, long before we face that moment of transition and living that life now. And not just living it for ourselves, but living it for absolutely everybody else by sharing that message with them. Not just with the people that will listen, not just in those moments where you feel you might have a receptive audience, but in those times when you have to face injustice, when you have to face that violence and say, this is not the way and I will not live that way that you want me to live because the God of love has shown me a better way and that's to live in his presence each and every moment and reflect that in my life in any way that I can. That is true mediumship. It's not just the giving of messages and you'll find that that mediumship has been at the heart of what artists do, of what poets do, of what musicians do, of what actors do, so that we're woken up to that reality that is larger than the life that we live now. I'm reading a wonderful book at the moment which is about a concentration camp internee called Etta Helsum. She found God in a concentration camp. She found God when absolutely everything had been stripped away from her. She refused to hate her antagonist. She refused to hate the people that were killing her people and making them live in the most intense squalor that you couldn't even possibly imagine. And yet, we moan our lot. We talk about our problems and yet somebody like Etty Helsom found the joy in looking at a flower and the joy that life in that moment will break through the cracks, will come through all of the problems and still flourish. The problems, make no mistake, are caused by human beings and our attitudes that are able to decide who's up, who's down, who's in, who's out, who's right, who's wrong, which is why we should not judge another human being. Because if we walked in their shoes for five miles, we might just make the same decisions that they did. We might just realize that people are going through problems to save me from going through them. 
that in their pain is my pain, just like in their joy is my joy. In that connection is love flourishing in any and every way that it can. And it comes down to a simple question. Are you part of the problem or part of the solution? Are you going to allow that love to work through your life, not just when you feel like it or when you think you can, but every second of every day? That's why every religion goes through a process of clearing to rid ourselves of everything that stands in its way. Those critical inner voices that tell us we can't or we shouldn't or we should or whatever it might be, rather than allowing that energy to just flow through us and to express itself in any way that it can. If you search for love, what you find is the search for love. If you just love, love finds you. Allow that God to find you and to realise within your very being that you are an eternal being now, that you are a being who will experience all sorts of things in your life, but ultimately you will be loved forever. That truly is the philosophy of spiritualism and it illuminates the phenomena of spiritualism, it illuminates the science of spiritualism. Each generation seems to begin again right at the start of this journey rather than learning from those that have gone before and realising that anyone that we might revere has lived a similar life. I had the joy when I came into spiritualism of going to Stansted for my first week and the medium was, uh, that was running the week was a lovely old Glaswegian medium called Albert Best. Albert Best was a merchant seaman. He'd gone to sea during the war and he came back to his home to visit his wife and two children, only to find out that his home had been bombed and that his two children and his wife had been killed in that blast. He dedicated the rest of his life to helping people that had gone through the same experience that he had, to give to others so that they might not experience the pain that he had experienced. So if in your life you experience a strong emotion against an injustice, maybe God is inspiring you to stand up against that injustice. Maybe God is asking you to be that voice that says this shall not continue, there must be another way because everybody deserves to be loved and treated with respect. When I worked in hospitals, one thing that was very evident to me was that lots and lots of people that lived in hospitals were there for a great length of time, were there because they couldn't look after themselves. They were there because they felt that no one cared. They went to a hospital to receive that caring. Do you care? Do you care about people who you dislike or maybe even hate? That's the story of the cross. A person who was able to love his torturers, who was able to love his persecutors, even when they were inflicting upon him atrocities which you could not imagine. He loved them anyway. And through that experience, God was able to live fully and completely in his life. But he has no more access to God than you do. Do you choose to allow that God to inhabit your life always and everywhere and make that choice that you should love your God with all your mind, with all your strength and with all your heart because when you do, your whole life becomes a prayer, the living prayer of who and what you are and when you touch that reality, you're set free, not from suffering, but you're set free to choose love. Thank you. Absolutely wonderful. Right. Who would like to ask a question? My friend here's got a question, she told me. Oh wow. That wasn't psychic, it was premonition. Premonition. 
Yes. That was easy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Mediumship uh, itself is arbitrary. What I mean by that is it's neither good or bad. Uh, mediumship, like any arbitrary, um, you know, phenomena of the human condition, can be used for absolutely anything. That's why we've got to be able to know what's good and what's bad so that we might choose the good. If we're not choosing good consciously, then we're not choosing good. It's, it, it, it's just chance. That's why we're actually uh, learning to be human beings and not spiritual beings. One of the problems that we've got is this terminology that we've got in spiritualism where we talk about mediumship being spiritual. Um, we know all of the answers that spirit will give us, that we have to love and be tolerant and persevere and be determined. It's the human condition that we struggle with. So uh, when we choose to be fully human, knowing how much I can be hurt, I cannot hurt you in the same way, otherwise I'm hurting me. That's what makes mediumship a spiritual um, science because in giving to you, I'm then also giving to myself. I'll give myself away so that I truly find myself. The, the problem that we've got with that is because we're giving a gift to people who sometimes might be uh, skeptical, they can do what they like with it or even dismiss it and still not believe. And that's the problem that mediums have working with scientists because you could produce the best phenomena in the world and a scientist with prejudice will go, yeah, but have you seen the way he dresses? <laughs> and it is really as silly as that, but you've got to give the gift anyway. Okay. Wonderful. Yes, sir. That's a huge topic and very difficult to sum up in generalizations. For one, the, the, the place that you're talking of, uh, you would need to do a proper investigation to, uh, you know, to find out what was going on. Um, we, no. Uh, because at heart, all people are good. Because of the fact that people have not been uh, given that unconditional parental concern, they can often, uh, you know, make decisions that are not in their best interest. What I mean by that is, uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, there was a, um, you know, a phenomenon in, uh, of one of these mass shootings in America, uh, where the two brothers that did it, uh, talked about how they wanted to inflict as much harm on uh, other people has been, as had been if inflicted upon them. And that is a bad expression 
of the pain and suffering that they felt because they hadn't experienced love. The purpose of mediumship is for us to experience love uh, and so therefore, uh, and also because of the fact that like attracts like and, uh, you know, I'm protected not just by my own mental discipline and, uh, you know, um, my spiritual understanding, I'm also protected by those that work with me in the spirit world. Uh, but if I had entered into uh, one of those, you know, a situation that you're talking about, the only way that you could heal it is through love. One of the problems that we get, uh, you know, especially where you get exorcisms from institutions like the Catholic Church, is where people who are actually uh, more believers in the devil than in the good of God uh, go in and actually find what they're looking for, like the scientists that we talked of before, and actually then create some of these problems rather than actually help them. That fuels a fear, which we know through COVID is contagious. The fear of COVID was more contagious than COVID itself. Um, and the unraveling of the situation that you're talking of is a long and difficult process to undertake, can only be undertaken uh, by love, but once somebody actually realises uh, that they are loved, for instance, we know, um, you know now uh, within mental illness, something like 98% of mental illness is caused by loneliness. And once we eradicate loneliness, and it's amazing phenomena that in a world of, of mass communication, we have more lonely people than ever. That's the shame of our society and the shame, you know, that, that then manifests itself from the other world is people go into that world without an understanding of where they're going. They don't know that they can, uh, you know, even communicate with this world. So they will create in a, a more noisy way to get attention, which somebody who's lonely will do. We know that through, uh, you know, um, for our own world, that somebody who needs attention, you know, will shout louder until they get it. Once they then can receive the love that is really uh, their need, and once that love is fulfilled, then they don't bother anyone because they actually then become part of that greater collective, that whole which is love, and therefore, uh, you know, it, it expands out, um, you know, in a good way. Um, that's the simple answer to your question. Uh, there are lots of people who, once they get involved in things like exorcism, if you see it anywhere, you begin to see it everywhere. And that's the point of it be mediumship being the mirror of the mind, that what we're looking for in others, so if you're going into a situation like that, you would look for what the need was, and the need is to be recognised and loved. We also have the problem in our society of so many people don't have a voice, and again, when they don't have a voice, when they can say something, they'll say anything and everything so that they get heard. It has to be released before they actually settle down and, uh, you know, the energy uh, dissipates. We know through mediumship, as above, so below, as below, so above. So what happens in this world happens in the other, and what happens in the other happens in this world. We often talk about healing, uh, you know, from that world to ours, but truthfully mediumship is about healing them just as much. The, you know, that mother who's never been able to say that I love you comes back, she's healed by the opportunity that mediumship gives her to come to terms with where she is, express that love in a good and proper way that ha allows her to move on. Um, and so mediumship, uh, you know, is a service to the other world that's just as important. So until we, until we get the science and medical professions that look at mediumship as a tool to help mental illness, spiritual illness, and, uh, you know, scientific research, we won't get anywhere. And that's this opening up to the bigger picture that I'm talking about. And I think you've all understood now that it's a big and complicated picture which I alluded to <laughs> a few moments ago. I hope that answers the question to a little bit, but that's it generally. Um, you know, if we love, people are set free. Yes, sir. We were taught by Christ, love thy neighbour as thyself. Yep. And that's the problem of the world, is we've forgotten how to love ourselves. Yep, would agree with you. 
Another easy question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that whole point about love. And through loving another, I am loving myself. Because love is all that there is. But we get so wrapped up in the bartering of love, you know, especially when we're young, you know, men, and the, you know, I can't go and talk to a woman. What if she won't return my affections? And what if, and all these resistance, you know, things come up. Exactly the same things come up when we start working with our mediumship. Is it me or is it them? Well, work with it and find out. Approach her, ask her, and you'll find out. And then love begins to establish itself. Uh, you have to be careful with loving yourself too much because that then overemphasizes the ego, which is why that yin and yang symbol is so important because we need to have balance. Where there's light, there's also darkness, and where there's darkness, there's also light. You at the back, and then you, sir. Yes. That's where that story of Etty Helson that I was talking about comes in. Or you could look at the Christ story too. Uh, you know, what Christ does, rather than actually, you know, react to his persecutors, he says nothing. That's the point of the passion drama. And it comes out, especially in John's Gospel, you get this whole, <clears throat> whole play of being taken out into the crowd and he's got to answer the crowd. Then he comes back, uh, you know, in to, to be judged, uh, you know, by Pilate. And he doesn't react. If you can find it within yourself not to react to this bad energy, it goes back to exactly where it came from. If you allow it to, uh, you know, to, to register or become your reality, that's exactly what it does. Okay. So the only way uh, of doing that, and if you think about every argument that we have, our arguments are about proving that we're right. It's about proving that I have a point and that you should not treat me like that, okay? And if we actually realise that, I don't need you to know it, I realise it, okay? And this is the point with opinion and it's the point with religion. I don't need Buddhists or Hindus to know where I am, I'm comfortable with where I am. And that's that growing up spiritually, which gives you that inner power to withstand these things and be comfortable within because you recognize that God within. It's not easy, but if we look at every experience that you've got as an opportunity to do that, what you've then done is reframed what was a thousand daggers a day into a thousand opportunities to love a day. Yes, sir. I'm old enough to remember the last war. Yep. I lived in London for Yep. I was a schoolboy. Yep. We people <coughs> never talked about depression. No. Everybody helped yeah. everybody. Yeah. It's okay. And that's the thing, is that community is what we're missing right now. And the whole point of our churches is not to create more mediumship. It's about creating community. It's about going out there into the world and saying, this is where I stand. And I'm going to love this world as much as I possibly can. Even if you differ of opinion, of race, of sexuality, of creed, and realizing that we're all connected. That's the purpose behind any religion, but we're not doing it. We're only helping our own. We're only helping people that we're comfortable with. If you love those that love you, that's not love. It's loving in adversity that real love is found. Anybody that's been through a difficult relationship knows that. If you're just loving when it's easy, then it's not love. And that's the whole reason why most of God's love is unrequited. And he's so humble that he will allow people even to, you know, reject him, say that he doesn't exist or treat him in any way that he likes. That's humility itself. And what we're asked to do spiritually is to be like that and love anyway. It's not easy. Uh, well, it's like they say about the children missing the school. 
And, and I think, and that's that, that whole point uh, that we've just been through with COVID was to wake us up to this bigger reality that we cannot guarantee the next moment of life. And this is one of the problems that we've had with spiritualism, with this mantra, there is no death. There is. We all experience it, and we experience it every moment. Death is part of life. Sadly, the spiritual results of uh, COVID did not materialize, which is why we're seeing all this social unrest at the moment. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping and praying that, uh, you know, everyone wakes up to this realization, uh, you know, um, to prevent more disaster from happening, uh, which, it, you know, it, it, it will continue to escalate until we realize the importance of life and that everybody matters and everything animals and you know the earth and because the earth suffering because of our misuse of it yeah. you know and but there are still people that will deny climate change even though we've had the hottest driest summer on record and they'll still tell you that it's you know that that, that it's not a reality um spiritualism is asking us to wake up to that reality and to stand up and be counted in every way and sometimes we, we do these things in strange ways. I mean, I, I have nieces, that, they're, they're wonderful girls, and they're very much into championing climate change. But as soon as it gets hot, the AC goes on. <laughs> and you just open a window. What part are we playing? We're asked to live consciously in this world to prevent harm to other people. Because if anyone's harmed, we're all harmed. If anyone suffers, we all suffer. You know, if anybody goes hungry this winter because they've had to make a choice, do I put the heating on or do I feed myself today? Then that is a scandal in our modern world when people are lining their pockets so full with all the money that they could possibly muster. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> doesn't it stand to reason? It, 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 yeah. And then it becomes that source of anger, but maybe that anger is there to help us go out and do something. Because all of us have got to stand up and be counted and say, this cannot continue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. The way to do that has been around forever. It's called meditation. And if we give ourselves time each day to sit and connect with that ground of all being, everything falls away. All our doubts, all our fears, all our prejudice, all our insecurities, all our foibles, and we begin to discover ourselves as we truly are. And we begin to realize that there isn't anything that we need that we haven't already got. And it's this whole point about chasing mediumship and trying to develop it. You already are a medium. You're not trying to de develop it, you're discovering it. You're realizing something that you already are. And through that realization, you set yourself free. You have everything now that you need. 
And it's in that sitting quietly and giving yourself time each day to connect with that reality expands it. What the ego then does, because the ego will continually pull you back, it'll continually pull you back. You sit in meditation, you but what about what am I going to eat tonight? What's happening at work with so-and-so told me, you know, whatever it was. The ego constantly pulling yourself back. But if you have an experience that tells you you haven't found that peace, you've just had it. Because that's how it works, is our, uh, our reality, you know, sort of looks for something that we've just experienced. And what tends to happen is the more that you go through that and look for that reality, the more it begins to expand and then it becomes your complete reality. This is why people will go into monasteries or convents for years and years and years to go through that process of just connecting with that inner reality in whatever religion it is. And it actually happens in spiritualism too, through people, or it used to, with people giving their, their lives to discovering their mediumship, whether it was physical, mental, or whatever, and then start working in the public. Yes, I can understand that, but also from a personal point of view, people are brought up to believe this is my name, this is who I am, this is my community, this is my religion, and they believe that. Yeah. And there must come a time where Yep. yep. That's what needs to ignite, be dissolved. Yep. Understood and dissolved. But in a way, it's a falsehood. It's just like putting data into a program, a computer, and thinking that's what we yep. are. Yep. And, and I think to, to dis the dissolving and of that takes that. work. Yes, but it's realizing that it's, false, it's a false sense yeah. of self. All yep. it is is a collection of labels. Yep. And it's finding a way to encourage people to see that and to have the courage to graduate. But it's not just experience, it's the process of growth. Because we learn through expression. And when we express, we get things wrong. So through that expression, I'm learning to express myself better in the next moment. We've got to be unafraid to fully live and embrace all of life in all its aspects because it's all worthwhile. And then we begin to see the wonder and joy of life. The problem that we've got in society at the moment is these realities, they're being denied because the ego is putting up that barrier and defence and uh, is fighting to uh, keep someone in the illusion. And that's something that we've all done from time to time. Like, for instance, relationships are a great point. Those, those relationships, when we know we've got to let someone go, but we don't want to, so we don't do it. And then we go and have another bad experience with them, and we still put it off. We all do it in all sorts of ways. And that non-judgmental attitude has to be directed at ourselves and at society. And in that, we're basically surrendering to God and allowing God to sort it out. Because we can't. We can't sort it out. All we can do, the best mediumship is being at peace with yourself and with life. And realising that there's nothing that I need to do because everybody's exactly where they're at. And all I'm asked to do is to journey with them and love them as they are. Because that's exactly what God does for us. My only thing I just want to add about that is going back to the ego and actually understanding that that's a falseness. And it is through this falseness, this ego, that we have all the conflicts across the world in yep. every form. Yep. And that's gone on for centuries. Since the beginning of and, humankind. And so that's the bottom line now, yeah. I see it, that people have I agree with you, and it's summed up by that symbol, because we are at a crossroads, it's humanity, you know, and it doesn't matter whether it's happening it thousands of miles away, or whether it's happening here, it's happening in the lives of each and every one of us, and all religions are saying exactly the same thing, but what we've got to do is wake up to that, and realise that we have to be the voice that stands up against injustice, and against, you know, 
this uh, individuality that allows people to, to suffer so that other people can live in, you know, the lap of luxury. We've got a question from a viewer. Oh. Uh, Trevor Baldwin is asking, where do you want to see, where do you want to see spiritualism in the near future and is it on course? Uh, I would like to see lots of the big publicity rallies that used to be put on up and down the country. I don't know that we've got the mediums at it, uh, you know, right now. Um, Stephen was talking a little bit about um, Helen Duncan and her child, but about the same time you used to have mediums like Helen Hughes and Estelle Roberts that not just worked at the Albert Hall, but went into the uh, Houses of Parliament and uh, gave a demonstration to uh, MPs in the House of Comics. Wouldn't it, make a, wouldn't it make a great difference if we had that now? Yes. And that's what I would like, but I would like to see mediums working in our mental health institutions with scientists more. I mean, you know, the, the scope that we could do, uh, you know, good in is enormous. But at the moment, we're just preaching to the converted. And, and some of these big rallies that used to be put on in, you know, big halls up and down the country uh, were, were phenomenal. You know, um, we've not got them at the moment. That's what I would like to see. Brilliant. Someone today suggested in conversation that this one, uh, when we have another one like this, is over in the theatre over there. Oh, did we? Oh, well, well, we can carry on. We can organise that then, can't we? <laughs> But they used to be they used to be filled. I mean, believe me, there is a first out there, uh, but it needs to be taken to people, people who don't have a fear. We heard a little bit from Ian about his fear, you know, walking through the door of a church the first time. Go to them then. Go. Spiritualism became a movement because you had people like Harry Edwards and Gordon Higginson who would stand at Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park and they would tell anybody that would listen the truth of spiritualism and they would give messages in the open air to, you know, uh, anybody that walked past and that would come to them. But we're so afraid at the moment and it's that fear that's ruling us rather than the, you know, the going out there. And, and Harry Edwards would, uh, you know, fill a, any hall with his healing. I mean, phenomenal, uh, you know, um, events that were put on. And we're missing that at the moment, you know, because we seem to have gone backwards and we're, we're, we're sort of looking small. We don't want to offend anyone. Sometimes we might need to. Sometimes we might need to go out there and say, hold on a minute, there is something in what we're doing. Let's show you. But have we got the courage to do it? I don't know. I don't know that I have. It's easy to, you know, to stand bad, here and mate. say we should be doing it. But don't go and push me out there, will you? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know what? Timing today is going slightly out, but that's no matter. As you are aware, Mark will be giving a trance demonstration uh, a little bit later on. And obviously with the trance energies, you know, it is, we don't want you in absolute hush, but please don't sit there having a conversation while the uh, guide's trying to talk or get your symbols out, all right? So, um, I think we're going to adjust the running time slightly and drop Bill Rich, who's going to talk about the evidential mediumship side, because he's not here and it's fallen to me, so <laughs> I will gladly sidestep that to allow Mark to have time to prepare for his trance. Everybody here have a little 15 minutes of whatever you need to do, because we also need a break in between for tonight's demonstration by the medium. So I'm not chickening out, I'm gracefully acquiescing. <laughs> so, have a little break everybody. As I said, we will be having Mark's trance demonstration a little bit earlier. Everybody at home, thank you, thank you, thank you.